and then I'll decide. Anybody here? Tell the truth, shame the devil. You want to know what the scripture is going to tell you. I want to come to you and let you know that there's a friend of mine from high school, James Ford. And James Ford said, man, you're trying to get me to believe in someone I cannot touch with a message that is foreign to me. And I told James Ford, who came to Houston Baptist University to hear me preach, having been with me in high school, I said, I I'm not trying to get you to buy into something that will spook you out. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. When we look at this, I just want to know if you're here and, and you're filled and, and you'll just do what the scripture says. Take the do not disturb sign right now off your heart because Psalm 23 wants to smack you in the grill. Turn there. Many of you memorized it. And the scripture declares, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you hear that? It's personal. Thy rod and thy staff will comfort it me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup, my cup, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's personal. And the scripture says, will you do that? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not complain. <laughs> right here in the text, it says, will you do what I'm calling you to? Because if you have to preface it with what is it saying, what's the pitch, what's the sales approach, then you're saying he's not Lord. You're saying I want fire insurance. I do not want to bust H-E double hockey sticks open with gasoline britches on. I mean, I don't want to go to hell. I almost said hell, but this is Lifeway Collegiate Camp. Yeah, week. I want you to know that you have to understand that the scripture is calling you by name and is he in control? The question of faith approaches us here, not from head, but from heart. We must ask ourselves three things in the time I have with you, three things not theologically about God, but directly asked to God, approaching God not as some distant other asleep on the Milky Way, but as a personal encounter with a creator who cares. And when I do that, I don't come looking for philosophy that tickles my fancy or principles that produce false security. I want to approach God. Three questions. Number one, repeat after me. Can I trust you with my life? Number two, can I trust you with my family? Number three, can I trust you with my ministry? And the three in one question is simply this. Can I trust you? Like David in Psalm 23, prophet Isaiah speaks to us in Isaiah 40, verse 1 and verses 10 through 11. He says that there's a coming Messiah with the shepherd metaphor attached to his name. And God in him, his power speaks through Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people. I know you're in recession, but it ain't your recession. 
You got another economic plan that I provide from the kingdom of glory. Comfort, comfort. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Jesus came the first Passion Week to shepherd us like the scripture in Isaiah and the scripture in Psalms says. But he didn't say, I'm just shepherd. You know what Jesus says about himself? I'm the good shepherd. He's better than Campbell's soup. He's mm, mm, good. And when he comes to us as the good shepherd, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd. Those who work for a paycheck, a title, and a parking spot are not your shepherds. He says this, they'll run away. So when he sees the hireling, the wolf, he runs. And what do the sheep do? They scatter. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I'm going to lay it down and call you my friend. Someone needs to get do not disturb off your heart just because he laid it down. He paid it all, all to you. He has given, and all to him we owe. Sin left a crimson stain. Did you kick the bucket? Because he washed us white as snow. That's a whole lot of washing for a black brother like me. But it's from the inside out. And then if it wasn't enough that Isaiah would speak and Jesus himself would speak, the writer of Hebrews calls him not shepherd, not good shepherd, but great shepherd. And Peter comes on the end of that, and he brings a new revelation. Peter says, God is more than shepherd, good, great. He is chief. Somebody shout chief. Here it is in 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock, you leaders of campuses across America. Be shepherds of God's flock, you pastors who are in the midst, who are under shepherds underneath the good, the great, the chief. You are to be shepherds, not lording over those entrusted to you, but being an example, not because you have to, but because you want to. You sacrificed this week to be here and the attaboys are not present. That's not a lot of thanks given to you who work in convention life. If you can't say amen, say, oh man, that's right, yeah. Man, yeah. And here the word says that you have a God who will be chief shepherd. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never, ever, ever fade away. Anybody excited about that? But scripture helps me because shepherd, I see that. Good, oh yeah. Great, awesome. Chief, wonderful. But I stopped by Psalm 23 to ask you, is he yours? The Lord is he can be shepherd, good, great, chief, but is he yours? If he is, then you don't have to want for anything. Whatever it was that you came into this week struggling with, it didn't kill you. Pinch yourself. You're still here, baby. It didn't come to make you bitter. It came to make you better. And God says, I'm shepherding you through. Savior, like a shepherd, lead me. Scripture establishes that he's good, great, Chief, the psalm says, 
is he yours? So I got a new slogan, real truth. Not yes, we can, but the title of this sermon is trust we can. Yeah. A new anthem, new thing, real truth. Trust we can. Can we travel together? Psalm 23, 1 through 2 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What does this mean? As a shepherd leads sheep to fresh grass for feeding, so the Lord leads us. So if you're writing anything down, number one, write this. One who follows the Lord does not lack any spiritual nourishment. Okay, now, help us. What does that tell me? That tells me when my refrigerator is not full, my soul is. How do you know? John 4, 34 says, my food is to do the will of my father and to complete the work that he has called me to do. I'm not feasting on what you may have as a sandwich. I have a Deuteronomy 8 and 3. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word. Disturb me, Lord, with your word. Every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Trust we Because I got spiritual nourishment that says I can trust in the Lord. When I trust God as shepherd, good, great, chief, and mine, I know that there's a Psalm 34, 1 through 10. Turn with me there right quick. Y'all keep slowing me down. The, The word says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will burst in the Lord as it boasts of who he is. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why? I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Whatever the struggle, whatever the problem, if it was a mountaintop and you were on it, you need to know that was good, but good is the enemy of great. And God wants to take us from glory to glory to glory, and we're settling for yesterday's blessings. He says, new mercies each day. I will provide into your lap. The old you ought to be dead and gone. If any man, woman, be in Christ, new creature, old things passed away. Behold, I'm the testimony that God is real. Behold, look at me. I'm a living, walking, breathing testimony that he looks beyond fault and he sees the need of a people. Number two, he leads me beside quiet waters and restores my soul. As a shepherd leads his sheep to calm waters for rest and cleansing, you've been looking at the turbulent stuff, the winds and the waves all around you, the circumstances that make it go bump in the night. And you are those who are struggling with every wind and doctrine that comes your way. You want the next conference already. Who's going to be the person that at the next conference? You don't need another conference. You need a shepherd. And you've been relying on lateral things, horizontal things. And if you get with somebody else horizontally and there's no vertical, it's like two ticks without a dog. <laughs> Ain't going to draw much. When this is all you have, and the word says, one who follows the Lord will receive spiritual restoration. Not just spiritual nourishment, I got everything I need, I don't have to want, but I have spiritual restoration. And that tells me that my intellect, my emotional tank, my relationship, my marriage, my parenting is cleansed under the blood of the Lamb. 
That tells me that my will to live is refreshed and in a crowd this side, there's some suicidal tendencies. There's some confusion in sexuality and there are some issues that plague us that we don't know which way to turn. In fact, we went to college to find ourselves. And God says, look at me. Your identity is not in Bubba and Sarah Sue. Your identity is not in your parents and the pedigree from which you hail. Your identity is not your school alma mater that you can't remember and the anthem you don't know how to sing. Your identity is in God and God alone. He restores my soul. The word helps me because trust we. How do you know that he'll restore us? He told me. He said, Come unto me. Who? All. Red, yellow, black, white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loved another church, another world. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you won't just get rest for your physical body, which is worn out, frazzled, and tired. That's a yawn that's contagious right there. You will have rest for your soul. Who? Thank you, Jesus. I brought my own amens. Verse 3, Psalm 23 says, he guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. As a good shepherd knows the right path on which to bring sheep home safely, the Lord guides his people. That means he will never leave nor lose anybody. You go on with your once saved, you can lose salvation. Because I know once saved, always. If Jesus prays for me, guess who answers every one of Jesus' prayers in John 15? God does. And he says, not one will be plucked from my head. What about Judas? He had already been foreordained where he was going to go. So you rest that God will keep you in the palm of his hands and nothing will separate you from his love. He restores your soul and he guides you in right paths. And I need to know that because number three, one who follows the Lord will be guided in spiritual direction, not just carnal cravings. Spiritual direction. Anybody need to know where do I go from here? Somebody's in the room that was about to give up. You don't know if you want to work in that position another nanosecond. You don't know if you can lead this group one more week. You came to this event saying, this is it. This is it. Reminds me of a pastor. And he says, yeah, I ain't going to that church. You can't make me. They're hypocrites. I don't want to be there. And his wife said, you need to get up. Why? Because you are the pastor. They're waiting on you. And it's Sunday morning. And many of you are ready to throw in the towel, but he's the God who directs you spiritually. And you need his direction because you chose the wrong major. Electrical engineering, UT Austin. I vowed when I left my mama's house, I would leave church because she, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church every Sunday, all day. Pack a lunch. Mama, I don't have anything clean to wear. She would make me put on pants to my tonsil, whatever was... <laughs> And I vowed, I get out that woman's house. I'm not going back to church. Where was your daddy? Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat. So I vowed, but when I got to UT and I said, I ain't going to go to church. I'm going to sow my wild oats and shake what my mama gave me. Yeah, I I was going to just be footloose and fancy. None of y'all have that issue, but I had a struggle. I did. And then three things brought me to my knees. 
Differential equations, Pascal, and Fortran. Jesus, keep me near the cross. I need thee every hour. <laughs> he will direct your path. You chose the wrong Mr. and Mrs. Michael Kelly told y'all about that last night. He tried to get out of it. But some of y'all stuck with it. And it's the wrong somebody. So you don't just need to look laterally at each other. You need to look to God, the author and finisher of your her name was Gwendolyn Brooks, elementary school. Fine. And I'm saved, sanctified, and filled, but she was fine. And God said, not for you. But I wanted some Gwendolyn Brooks because I thought she had it going on. Drop dead, gorgeous, hourglass, plot out. Y'all catch that on the way to lunch. The plot. Fine. But I saw Gwendolyn recently. He had a better plan. And Father knows best. He directs my path. That's all I'm trying to tell you. And he loses none of his sheep because of his namesake. His character is at stake. God doesn't play when it comes to his character, his holiness, his resolve, his renown, his fame. He doesn't let anybody get on that same platform and pedestal with him. He calls us to live righteously, holy, because he is holy. And that's a beckoning for us to follow close to the will of the Father. Tomorrow could change your life drastically, and I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds me. And when you see him directing your path, I didn't mean to stay that long on that point, but you need to understand he's Elohim, creator. He is El Elyon, the most high sovereign. He is God who is Jehovah Jireh, provider, Jehovah Imkadesh, Jehovah Sitkanus. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Shalom. My peace. On the count of three, breathe in, breathe out. One, two, three. What would happen if you left in that peace this session? How many know what a joy that floods my soul? My heart is regulated by the beat of his drum. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and omnibenevolent. He is God, the great I am. There's a fellow by the name of Francis Chan in Simi Valley. And he talks about our problem as the church. We don't trust God because we want him to get us on the ladder. And we climb the ladder to look over and say, we brought more college students than your group. We climb the ladder to say, our church got it going on. Come see our church. When scripture says, go tell the world, they'll follow you to your church. Scratch it, be the church. And if they never make it to the four-walled structure, to the columns and the stairway leading to the celestial congregation that you call church, you be the church and then on mission in Peru, on mission next door to your dwelling and apartment living, you will not just climb ladders to say I'm closer to God, but you'd walk 
on the ladder as a guardrail for your life. That means I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Not that I've already attained all this, but this one thing I do, forgetting the dead man, old, dead, gone, pressing to take hold of that for which he has arrested me. I am going forward toward the Lord and living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One day he's coming back. Gloria. Listen to me. If you get off the track, whether you believe in the good, great chief shepherd or not, you are derailed. That restrains me, preacher. That keeps me bound. No, that's freedom in confinement. Number four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear because he's with me. As a shepherd himself, David was comforted by the Lord's presence and protection. So one who follows the Lord is guaranteed spiritual protection on top of your spiritual direction in conjunction with your spiritual restoration in the midst of your spiritual nourishment. You've got protection That's better than right and left guard. He's got you. And when I put my deodorant on in the sign of a cross. I hope you deodorize. Because whatever you do regularly, couple it with prayer. You know what I'm saying? Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) I'm saying foulness be gone. And if you didn't deodorize today, you can't grab hold of this scripture called protection. Some of you have problems with trusting preachers. Amen. And I say, don't trust me. Trust the scripture that God flows through me. Because if you find yourself in a valley deep, dark, don't fear The Lord is with you. He was in that flame with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was the fourth in the fire. And he'll be in the fire with you. Not going around your issue, going through the fire. Believers are never in situations the Lord is not aware of. He's not in the sky on a cloud with a raised eyebrow. He's not shocked they didn't call you back. He's not shocked those you supervised and trained got the promotion over you. He's not shocked that you've not been recognized and the funding is running out. There will be no permission, per, per, position next week. He's not shocked. He knows and he says, will you do what I say? And trust me, he never leaves nor forsakes, nor does he allow our seed to beg bread. In February of this year, having pastored seven years, God called me out of a corporate fast to leave my little church in Birmingham, Alabama, and evangelize full time. To leave the security of a steady. And I wanted to stay married, so I I, I was like, God, you don't know the wife I have. No more paychecks. uh, This ain't funny. But I haven't been without toilet paper yet. Y'all don't understand. Not just the hard tree bark stuff you get in the gas stations of your world. Charmin. He's good. He doesn't just provide your need. He will give desires of. If you'll just take do not disturb. He will be the provider. Though 
I am in the midst of my journey. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. One who follows the Lord, number five, is gifted with spiritual provision. If I don't finish this, can I come back next year? No. No. Angel. Here it is. He says, one who follows the Lord is gifted with spiritual provision. David was stripped of everything that brought him contentment. Materially as well as relationally. His kingdom was stolen. His daughter Tamar was raped by her brother. One son was murdered. That, David says, not trust we can, trust I can. And I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. Today to permeate, it must move from here down here. In all my ways I acknowledge he is and he directs my path. You go to sleep because God is going to be up all night. You stop wrestling with it because when you put your hands to it, you do more damage than good. Let go and let God. Not cliche, truth. Trust I can. Contentment is placing all we are in the hands of the good great chief shepherd who wants to be ours. Peace, not the absence of trouble, Peace is the presence and provision of God. Listen to me. I want my children to believe that God is going to provide for them. But I announce to those same children, Psalm 23 does not guarantee a perfect family. The scripture doesn't guarantee a perfect life as we know it. The scripture guarantees an authentic faith with a genuine father who will provide for us. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Trust we can. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life because with spiritual provision, spiritual protection, spiritual direction, spiritual restoration, spiritual nourishment, I've got spiritual love. The agape we heard about last night in Michael Kelly's message, we've got it going on. Everything we need, Ephesians 1-3, is ours in the heavenly realms. That means no demon can rob us. No moth and dust can corrupt the love of God. It's radical. It's otherworldly. It is alien, as we heard. This scripture calls me to be granted with a love that knows no end. And with my kids, I tell them that greater is the love of God than anything you can receive on this life's journey. And what makes me leave the pastorate in order to go out in faith and leap like Geronimo on the loving arms of God? It's letters like these. I'm a 15-year-old who told me several weeks ago she was having sex with a 39-year-old man. And I told her, this can't be confidential. This is illegal. I want it just to be between the two of us, and I'm going to tell you something that might hurt your feelings. Do you work in the restaurant industry? And she, she just wept. And I said, I'm not going to touch you because I know the hands of men have robbed you of innocence. You're here, sister. I know you're here, daughter. I know you've been a doormat. I know he's held over your head. You will lose this job if you don't. And so I told the truth, and I said to her, you need to understand, I've got to report this. She put her head down, not knowing what she would go back to, and I not knowing what I was pushing her to experience abuse-wise furthering. 
lives with a grandmother who knew nothing about what was going on. I get a letter before I came here. I just want to thank you so much for helping me change because without you, I would probably still be in that ungodly and unlawful relationship. He would probably still be convincing me to have sex with him because where there's a will, that man found a way. Words cannot express how thankful I am for you. I will never forget you. Can I trust him with my ministry? It's his ministry. Can I trust him with my life? I'm in Kakamega, Kenya, preaching crusade. And we go interior to an indigenous unreached people group. And I'm preaching against circumcision of the flesh alone. You need to circumcise your, take the do not disturb sign off your, this didn't communicate over there. But I let them know. And I had a translator on every side, one in Swahili and one in the click. So I'm going forward. I, oh man, I don't have enough time. I'm going forward. And in the midst of this message, I'm telling the world, you need to have your heart circumcised. And, and as animated as I am, my interpreter, he's right there with me. And the other side. Like, yeah. And then I got to the circumcision part. What I didn't know is that it was the season of circumcision. You need to have your heart circumcised. <laughs> they had sent their young men into the bush in order to be circumcised. I didn't see it, but they were coming out of the bush with sticks and rocks to take me out. I looked like them, but I wasn't African. I'm American. And they were coming, and they told me after, brother, they were coming to get you. I said, I would have changed my sermon. Can't you let me know? But on video, these men were slain. Now you say it was the alcoholic stupor that caused them to numb their body. I say, trust I can with my life because he sent me to do his perfect will. He wouldn't let me know the future because I would have changed the message. Some of y'all mad at God. You know, I need to know where am I going to be in 10 years. If he showed you, you would no longer trust him. On the straight and narrow, he leadeth me. Can I trust him with my family? The ministry's his. My life, dead and gone. I got a call. My wife said, the septic tank is broken. You know, I'm like, hey, Snookums, hottie, precious. Don't, don't Snookums, hottie, precious me. The septic. <laughs> Where my brother's at, y'all? <laughs> I'm all across the other end of the United States, and I get a call from Birmingham, Alabama. What you going to do about it? I'm like, I wear the pants. And, okay, give me a minute. <laughs> I made a phone call to our builder. Guess where he was? right in front of our house. He's like, Pastor Mike, man, it's amazing. You called me. I'm right in front of your house. I said, bruh, run in my house. I'm trying to get points in the love bank. Septic tank broken. There's a fungus among us. 
He said, I got you, pastor. He went, fixed it, called back, done deal. My wife called, hey, how you doing? That's a whole nother sermon. Here's the thing. Do you trust him with your life, with your family, with your ministry? Can I give you one more thing? I'm done. I'm really, I'll get out your afro and your weave. Can you? Because today, come on up, James, David, chase them. You need to know these guys by name. But can you trust them? Because I went to the front desk, and it said, bear alert. We're going to do an invitation. Because I was here a couple of weeks ago with my son at Exfuge. And he said, Dad, there are black bears on the campus. Let's go find them. I was like, dude, I can outrun you. And make another one look just like you. We're not going, Elma Foot, to find the bears. But I looked at this closely in the area of trust. And this sheet says, bears are generally not dangerous to people if they're left alone. Is that sin in your area? Conflicts may arise when humans and bears occupy the same area. Are you near some sin? Then it says, never feed bears. Duh. But some of y'all in here like animals. And the little cuddly bear. Oh, pookie, wookie, tookie. And you'll get a milk bottle. And... Wait till that bear gets full grown. If you're feeding your sin right now, the sin of faithlessness, distrust. That bear will grow up. <laughs> Ask Siegfried and Roy. Simba. Mufasa. They took one of them boys. It says, if Encountering sin, I mean a bear. Don't bend over. It just might get on your back. Stand to your feet. Trust, we can. If you're struggling with trust, and I don't know why, maybe you don't know what the degree plan really ought to be. You chose one because they said you had to, but God is calling you to something different. I'm inviting you to the altar to re-establish trust. Three ways. I'm trusting him out loud because I've been mad. You run to this altar. Number two, I'm going to trust him more today because if you're at the same place today that you were this time last year, something's wrong with your walk. Trust we can. Number three, God, I'm just so weary. I can't see straight, think straight, feel right. And you're saying, 
don't feed my bear. You don't know how this situation is attached to me. I'll connect it. He's already looked down the road and around the corner. He's worthy of our trust. He's good, great, chief. And today he just wants to be yours, whoever you are. I know you wish somebody else was here to hear the message, but he's talking to, are you trusting me? Will you do what it says before I even ask you? Because if it's so, you're saying when you come to the altar, I don't want to want for anything again. I don't want to complain another minute. I don't want to be disenchanted, disillusioned with the ministry vision that I'm pregnant with for the conference and conventions of new years to come. I can trust you are going to seal the deal. And that's all my Baptist brethren and sistren in the state office at the campus leadership level. You can trust him. I'm through talking, but God is still speaking. And obviously you're waiting on something else to be said because this altar is open. Come trust him with your career. You don't know where you're going to be employed. I don't know either. Somebody here been feeding the bear of sin? Your screensaver is pornographic. You're on the down low on three sections of the campus with somebody you said the love word to, but it wasn't agape. You got a Gwendolyn Brooks in your life. And God has something far better. Trust we So I lift my hands, open wide, let the whole world see how you love, how you die, how you set me free, free at last. I surrender all I am with open hands, with I lay them at your throne with 